0: Hey, mama. My name is Diana Ballard, and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started mom training, our live workshops, and the mom training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the mom training community where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey ladies, welcome to the mom training podcast today. We are going to be talking to Tamiko Clark about how to inspire us as moms to have healthy eaters in our home. Now, all of us moms want our kids to be healthy have healthy bodies, healthy minds, and to feel good. Now, sometimes that can be a struggle for many different reasons, whether it be that we struggle with our own healthy eating, our own healthy habits, or just not knowing exactly how to help kids not be picky eaters. I mean, there's so many different things we could talk about, right? But today we're going to focus on some, some different approaches that we can have with helping our children look at... Health and eating in a more healthy manner as we do that together with our children. So, Tamika, welcome to the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started?
1: Sure. So, I am a certified holistic nutritionist, health coach, and wellness strategist. And I'm also a mom of two young children. And I grew up as the junk food kid. And so not a your typical um, upbringing, but it was also a, a different time. And so this is kind of at the peak of just a lot of like fast food and convenience foods and a lot of those types of things. My mom was a single mother, working parent and raising two kids on her own. So I really grew up with little Debbies and Chef Boyardee and we frequented the taco Bell drive-throughs and ate a lot of takeout. And uh, my first exposure to vegetables were, were just the canned vegetables. I didn't try my first green bean, my fresh, first fresh green bean until I was about 19 years old. And so that was definitely a night and day difference for me. And so that foundation that I grew up with though a little bit different than what a lot of people other people grew up with it really as a child that i was very delighted by that childhood it was it was lovely and it was fantastic and for my mom it was different time and she was just busy and that's you know it just was what it was and as i became an adult that's when that foundation those eating habits that were set for me as my foundation that's when they started to catch up with me, and I was feeling just really bad, and I didn't know why. I thought there was something wrong with me. I was kind of freaking out um, as a young adult, and I walked into a wellness clinic one day or my, my regular um, health provider, and I was in the waiting room, filled out the little questionnaire that you get and it's saying like, oh, I'm, you know, feeling horrible with this and this and this, and I'm having this problem. And and then I also put like what my lifestyle looked like. And then I went to see the nurse practitioner and I asked her, What's going on with me? I think there's something wrong. And then she just looked at me very plainly and said, Well, if you change your lifestyle, then you won't be feeling like this. And she said it very matter of factly and it like it was a common sense thing. But for me, that was not my foundation. I didn't know that. That was uh an aha moment for me because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I just smiled and nodded and I'm like, oh yeah, right. And so after that I spent several years struggling trying to figure out how to live a healthy lifestyle because I didn't really know what that looked like. And this was um, I'm going to date myself, but this was before there was a lot of information on the internet. I mean, there were, there was a lot of generic information. And so I just kind of fumbled with trying to figure it out. And, um, when I became a parent myself, that's when I decided that, okay, I cannot have my kids have the same struggle that I had. I need to figure this out. And that's when I'll a fire was really lit under me and where I realized that I need to get this figured out and set the right foundation for my kids so that they don't have the same struggles that I did. And so I figured it out. I figured out how to make it work for my life. And um, one kind of full circle moment that I had was when my son was about four or five years old. We went to a birthday party and as they were handing out slices of cake um, to all the kids, when they got to my son, he said, uh, he politely said, no, thank you. And then he turned over to me and asked, like, hey, mom, can I get some more strawberries instead? And I was like, absolutely, kid. And so he eagerly, like, got up from his seat and ran and grabbed, like, a big heaping bowl of, like, strawberries and sat down next to the kids eating cake and was just devouring these strawberries. And there was a mom standing next to me, and she was just awestruck. And she had shared with me that she had started trying to raise her kid with those same eating habits, but it was too hard. And she ended up having to give up because everyone around her was giving her a lot of like guilt about like, oh, why are you depriving your kids and all of this? And so it was just, it was too challenging. And, and then she said, I was also so busy that I just didn't have the time to figure it out. And so I just, you know, gave in. And so that was kind of a moment that really stood out to me and where I really wanted to be able to help moms in some way, like who wanted to leave let, lead a health legacy for their kids that's aligned with what their values are. I knew that that was something that I really wanted to do. And on the flip side, for people who grew up with, you know, where their parents maybe we're on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, that's a different like health legacy as well, that you would potentially want to change and lead a different one for your kids.
0: Wow. So I guess my, I have two questions <laughs> one, when you first tried your first fresh green bean, what did you think about it? Like, I'm just curious, like, you know, growing up with eating a lot of things that were pre-made or convenient food, like, was your reaction to fresh food like, oh, like, okay, I need to learn to like this. Or was it like, oh, interesting. Like, I'm just curious what your experience was with that. So
1: my first, to back up a little bit, my first reaction to canned green beans was this is disgusting and I hated them and uh, therefore I do not like vegetables. But then when I tried my first steamed green bean, my mind was blown because I was like, oh, this is what that's supposed to taste like. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And then that's when I realized that, okay, maybe I need to revisit this whole vegetables thing because I just didn't like the way that they were prepared when I was a kid. I didn't really have a lot of exposure to them. And as a young adult, late teen, When I tried a fresh green bean, I, I thought it was delightful.
0: Well, and I think that is one of the problems (laughs) with vegetables is if people don't know how to prepare them in a tasty way, then, I mean, why would you eat them? I mean, you know, like if you're not putting enough seasoning or, you know, flavoring them with stuff, stuff that complements that vegetable, then it's, it would be hard for anybody to like it. Right. Right.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely something I've I've done a lot of cooking classes and that's one thing when I, I like hire nannies and talk to other younger moms and stuff that they just don't know how to season certain vegetables. And there are so many ways we can really spice up veggies, like to be like the favorite thing on the table. Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and when you're serving them to your kids, and you're about to introduce something for the first time to them, you want to make sure that you're bringing your A-game and that if this is the first time you're presenting a vegetable or a new food item to your kids, like, okay, what are the flavor profiles that they already like? And how can I add those to this new food so that, you know, right out the gate when you're, you know, presenting them with this thing,
0: you're, you know, putting
1: your best foot forward so that you have higher probability of them
0: actually enjoying it. Right. So talking about a game, now I want to, I wanted to address this. This is my other thing. So what if a mom does not feel like she has the energy and the strength to try to introduce healthier food, like vegetables. in? the reason why I say that is, so I was really good for years and years and years with getting my kids to eat vegetables and they loved them and they still do, but not as much as they did before, because I fell off the bandwagon for about a year and a half of being able to have the energy to to get them to eat it, <laughs> you know? So it was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a fight. I'm not even going to go there. Or, you know, we're having cereal more times these last, I had postpartum depression the last year and a half. I'm still coming out of it, but I you know, I, I feel like I'm now fighting. They're like, no, like I, I'm not going to eat that. You're like, no, but you used to eat it. I want you to eat this. This is what we're eating for dinner. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting a little stronger to be like, no, this is what we're eating. So you need to eat a couple bites of it or at least taste it. Right. You know, to try to get used to it and, you know, trying to bring my a game, but what if our a game is not as strong at the moment? Like what advice would you give to moms that are struggling to get vegetables into their children because they aren't feeling good themselves?
1: Absolutely. There's mean that's definitely, it's a, it's a big question. And it's, there are so many moms that are dealing with that at the dinner table. Um, one of the, like one of the things that, I like to do is making sure that if I am introducing something new, that I'm doing just one, one new thing at a time, and that the other things that are on there are uh, things that I know for sure are things that they're going to eat and that they enjoy. And the other thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that it's not coming from a place of you must, you know, you need to eat, you need to eat your vegetables and not like where it's this you know, we're not going into it as like a battle and just more so kind of thinking about it from your kid's perspective. Like what are what are their whippings? If you've ever heard the the term, what's in it for me? And so figuring out like what, and this is going to vary by age of the kid. And so you kind of want to be a little bit of like a salesperson and, you know, just think about like, and so if you've got like young children, like, okay, well, this particular um, thing is you know high in protein, and that means it's gonna help you run fast like catboy if like they're like a young child or like um you know, these blueberries have like antioxidants and they're really good for you know, if it's like an older um gal, these are really good for your skin and your hair and your nails. and um some other things if you have a kid that's been battling a cold recently, you know, this broccoli has way more vitamin C in it than an orange. So it's going to build up your immune army. And that's the an army that's in your body that fights off sicknesses. And so um, getting down to their level and making it not be something, because we're all rebels, whether you know, you're know you one years old or 99 years old, we're all rebels. And the second that you tell someone that you need to eat this, they're not going to want to. And so even if it's something that's you know delicious, and something that they liked before coming from just a place of just human to human connection and not necessarily like superior and, you know, child, it's like, Hey, you know, it just, this is something that's new, or this is something that you liked before. And I think that you're really going to like it and then giving them some sort of them to go with it. And it doesn't have to be this big whole thing. And I believe in the polite bite rule. You know, you can't tell me that you don't like something until you try it. So just, you know, try a bite. And if you don't like it, I'm not going to push you on it anymore. Like it doesn't need to be a stressful thing because the more stress that we put on it, the more likely they're going to, you know, rebel against it. And so just, you know, keeping it chill, like keeping it easy, get down on their level and, you know, and making sure that you prepare it in a way that is a familiar flavor Um, and that you're having other things that are on the plate that they enjoy so that they are going to get some sustenance out of that meal. I'm not sure if that's what you're asking for.
0: Yeah, no. And I, it was just making me think of like with my three-year-old right now, like he's the one I'm really working on to try to like eat vegetables. He'll drink green smoothies. I can pound that thing with so many vegetables and he just chugs the whole thing. I'm like, awesome. So that's my main way of getting veggies in him. But, um, I honestly like the, uh, version of brainwashing. I know that that's not the best (laughs) term, but you know, when he takes a bite of something like tomato soup is something that he's starting to like now he'll take a bite and I'll say, ah, don't you love tomato soup? Yeah, I love tomato soup. Yeah, you love tomato soup, you know, so the next time he'll be like, I don't like soup, except I like tomato soup, you know, and it's our, you know, I think that we can really help our children also by using our words too about about healthy things are Oh, my gosh, like, I love the spinach. I'm so excited to eat it. And they're like, Oh, wow, mom really likes this. So Maybe I'm gonna like it too. and you know I just think that us talking about healthy foods too is like a really good way to help our children be interested in it.
1: Yeah, where it's just part of the casual conversation and not coming from a place of that I'm teaching you these things, you know and before like just those first five years, those that's if you've got like a new eater like in that time frame, like that's a golden time because that's you know before they get school age. That's when you have the most influence over their eating behaviors, because after I think it's six to eight, like that's when they start having their influence and the decisions that they make are uh, more influenced by their peers. Whereas before five years old, the their decisions are highly more influenced by their parent and most specifically the mother and um i also have a three-year-old and one perfect example of just you know switching it from being a conversation that's like an easy conversation with them one day i was showing her like hey you know i showed her an ingredient or remember what it was and i told her like hey this is what we're having for dinner i just mentioned it while she was playing and then she says i don't like that i'm like but you you haven't tried it yet and i think you're really gonna like it and then she said I don't like it, but I'm going to try it because you told me that I, I should try it and then I'm going to taste it. And then I'm going to like it. (laughs) So, Like where she knows the routine, like she knows how this goes. Like she says, she starts off saying, I don't like this thing. And I tell her you haven't tried it. And then she tries it and then she likes it. And then she wants more of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, so we obviously want to be like the best examples that we can for our kids, Uh, for, you know, health habits and stuff, because we don't want them to repeat some of the same struggles that we've had, right? So why is it important that we take a holistic approach to eating better?
1: Absolutely. So the biggest reason why it's so important that we take a holistic approach is because, well, holistic means two things. And I define it as looking at the whole person. So we're not just our bodies, we are our our mind, our spirit, so our inner, our energy, our soul, uh, and, and our physical. And so we want to make sure that we're taking care of our whole self. Because so many things if our, our mental health isn't where we want it to be, then that's going to have an impact on our physical health. And it's also going to have an impact on our ability to stick to the habits that are going to improve our health. Everything's interconnected. And so paying attention to our whole self is just very crucial because we're not going to be able to feel at our best unless we're ticking those boxes of making sure that our mental health is taking care of our physical health and that our spiritual health is taken care of. And you want to approach it from all all three of those, those areas of who we are.
0: Well, and I think it's important, too, to teach our kids that what we put in our body and how we treat our body is how we're going to feel. So when we pound tons and tons of Halloween candy, (laughs) then you're not going to feel as good the next couple of days because your body's like, oh my gosh, like I have not received what I needed. You know, you filled up on tons of calories and sugar, but what I really needed was, you know, some vegetables, some berries, some different things like that. Right. Uh, And that are what we put in our body can affect the way that we feel mentally, emotionally how we interact with our friends like i think that goes back to your what's in it for me is you know if we eat this healthy food if you eat this chicken so you're not hungry later with your friends right if you you eat something that's going to sustain you or make you feel better like these are the reasons why it's a good habit for you to have because you want to feel good right you want to be able to have fun with your friends and run and not get sick and you know i just think that We kind of need to sell healthy living more to our kids than just telling them, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Instead of saying, you know, you need to do that, but let me tell you why you want to do it.
1: Absolutely. And there's so many different, it really all goes back to just communication and conversations and where, what are those little things like you're describing, like that you can kind of put in there. Um, my son has some sensitivities to certain foods and lately he's been coughing a lot he's not sick but he's been coughing a lot because that's just how that shows up and so I'll just politely remind him that like hey you know did you did you notice that you've started coughing you know a whole bunch after you were eating a lot of um, breadsticks and so you're eating a lot of breadsticks and so now because he has like a sensitivity to egg and um, gluten and so like for whatever reason, that's the way that it presents for him. And so that made it an easy decision. And that's the other reason why we want to take a holistic approach to our health and wellness is because holistic taking a holistic approach is looking at it as an individual because every single individual body is different and different foods are going to have different impacts on us and teaching our kids those different body cues that our bodies are giving us so that they can make that correlation and connection for themselves is a huge tool in helping them make those decisions on their own, even when you're not in the room.
0: Yeah. So for the mom that's trying to get back on that health wagon, right? So what are some big mistakes that they can avoid when trying to get their family and themselves to eat healthier?
1: So the biggest mistake when you're having trouble with sticking on staying on the health wagon is taking on way too much from the very beginning. So often we decide, okay, I'm going to, you know, drop the pounds, or I'm going to, you know, get my health numbers, if you've got diabetes or high blood pressure, I'm going to get those in order, whatever it is, that has made you want to jump on the health wagon we are kind of pumped up with all this adrenaline and motivation. And we want to just, you know, kind of hit the ground running and we get a little overexcited about it. And we decide that, okay, I'm going to do this like 50 day challenge and I'm going to buy all of this produce and like the produce section of my grocery store and you know I'm gonna do all the things and then you fill up your refrigerator with all these things and then you you know fill up your calendar with all these tasks that you're gonna do and then we get overwhelmed and then we burn out and we burn out fast and so that is definitely the biggest and most common mistake that we make is just fighting off more than we can chew. And so what we really want to do is just take a step back and look at where are we right now and what's the the best next step? Like what's the, what's something small that I can start with and build up that habit. And then once I have created that habit or busted a certain habit, whether it's you're building a habit or busting a habit, whatever direction you want to take, then you can go bring on the next thing. So that you can really fully appreciate those milestones because when we're on a health journey, it's not just about like, you know, how many pounds did I lose? You should really be celebrating like, whoa, I wasn't drinking water at all. And now I've been drinking at least one glass of water a day for the past two weeks. Celebrate that because being able to recognize those like small steps, as you go along helps you keep your momentum up and helps you keep your motivation up because like, yeah, I am winning. I may not have lost like any pounds this week, but you know, I'm winning because this was a habit that I wasn't keeping up with. And I've been keeping up with it for two weeks now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that is important. And it's also important to teach our children that as well, that when they're wanting to get better at something or, you know, that's been something that I've loved with my seven-year-old daughter uh, I feel like the other ones are still a little too young, but like teaching her, you know, she gets frustrated about something and well, how do you get good at dance? How do you get good at drawing? How do you get good at eating healthy food, right? You practice. And it's that one step at a time that's going to make anybody better at any specific habit. So I I love that. Um, so what three habits would you tell people to put into practice when they're trying to consistently build a healthy lifestyle?
1: So my favorite three habits that I love telling people to start with are get your mind right, get the vibe right and get into gear. So get your mind right, because that is really the secret sauce, not just to building health habits for eating better on a regular basis, but just in life. If you don't have the right narrative that you're telling yourself and then it's going to make it so much more challenging to be able to get to where you want to be. And so one of the narratives that you want to make sure that you're you're shifting in your mind is not make or shifting the narrative that feeds into any kind of self guilt because self guilt with the way that you're eating because so often we are entangling our self-worth and our self-image with the food choices that we're making and those things are not related your self-worth and your self-image have nothing to do with the food that you choose to eat and so when we entangle those things together our food choices with our self worth and our self image then when we eat a food item that is not healthy and you have that tied to your self image and your self worth that's going to hurt and like that's going to be a failure that like hits you to your core because you're entangling it with who you are as a person when it has nothing to do with who you are and when you do that it's going to make you just feel like you have to kind of just throw it all out there because you feel like you failed because you ate a donut and that's you ate a donut. And then now you're going to like, you don't have to like, just end everything because you, you know, ate something that wasn't healthy. Like you didn't fail because it has nothing to do with like who you are. And so, once we just see it as a choice, because we make choices all day long, tiny little choices. And so, eating something that isn't healthy is just one choice that you made in the day. And it does not dictate what your next choices need to be, it does not dictate what your future success in your health journey is going to be. And that's one of the biggest narrative shifts that we're giving telling ourselves that we have to make because you know I don't as a holistic nutritionist like I don't eat healthy 100% of the time especially as someone who grew up on junk food and I eat at like you know the taco shops and Taco Bell and all those things and so sometimes I do get a random craving for a burrito and that's like greasy and packed and you know and I'll go get that burrito and I'll eat it and then I'll kind of take a step back and like, okay, what's going on? like what made me have that craving? And so I'll just kind of think about it and look at it from a logical per- perspective and figure out like as I'm enjoying that burrito because I'm gonna enjoy it because it tastes delicious. but while I'm enjoying it, I'm gonna think about like, okay, what happened here? like why like why did I have that that craving? Because cravings are coming from one of two places either it's a homeostatic place, which means that you need sustenance and your body is telling you that you need to eat food, or it's coming from an emotional place or it's coming from a place where, you know, you're trying to feed something else other than hunger. And so For me, usually if I end up craving a a burrito, it is slightly homeostatic, but it's usually because I was so busy during the day that I wasn't really eating a whole lot. And then I got to the point where I was starving and then my body was so starved for the energy from the calories that we get in our food that it brought to my mind the most calorie dense thing possible because I was so deprived of calories. And so that's why I ended up having that craving was because of that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. Um I love what you said though, about the worth being connected to food, because I think that that really knocks a lot of people down of like, oh, darn, I was you know, supposed to be on this diet and maybe I'm not capable because I ate something. And yeah, that's a cycle that a lot of us moms, especially as we're busy and we're tired, go through.
1: Absolutely. And it's just, we don't have to beat ourselves up about it. And too often we think that we can't keep up with healthy habits because we think that we lack the discipline or we think that we're not motivated enough and it that's not the case at all it's usually not you it's just that we live in a culture that isn't set up for people to eat healthy quite frankly and there and the foods that we do indulge in are created in a way that makes us want to buy more of them and consume more of them so you've got a lot of things that are stacked up against you that make it a lot harder and that's why making sure that you're getting your mind right and that you're self-aware and you're accountable and that you're thinking about and you have a good understanding of what's really going on, that's when you're going to be able to make the decisions that you're going to be able to just make better decisions in general that are coming from a place of logic and not coming from some I'm hungry, cravings like place because it does do something to your mind. the The processed foods, there are absolutely things that are happening in the chemicals that are in those foods that are making you crave them more. And uh, I there and also the the feeling of being full. You know, certain foods that are a lot of processed foods are calorie dense but they're nutrient poor and so it makes you not get full as fast and so you eat more of that thing. And I could go on and on. I, I I geek out about this stuff, but there's just a lot of factors that are kind of stacked up against you. And that's why it's important that you are getting your mind right and that you're self-aware. And then for get the vibe right, that is making sure that you are prioritizing realistic self-care. Emphasis on realistic self-care, because I don't mean, because if you're thinking of self-care as, oh, pedicures and massages, then with, as a busy mom, you're not going to ever have time and you're going to kind of throw that out the window. Like, oh, I don't have, you know, I don't have time for that. But self-care is so crucial to us, like sticking with a healthy lifestyle, because if your energetic self and your sense of identity which as moms is especially with young children it's so easy to get lose our sense of self and our, our identity but when we lose our sense of self and our personal identity we're less likely to take care of ourselves like physically and so it's so important that we're doing at least one small thing for ourselves at least once a week if not once a day like even if For me, I really love organized spaces. And so, just, you know, organizing like one little corner of my house or just listening to a Beyonce song or looking through um, funny pictures of my kids or drinking a chai latte, whatever it is. Or I have like this mood vest, like just spraying that. Like, what's one small thing that lights you up even for a little bit that makes you remember who you are? And just something that one small nice thing that you can do for yourself. Because like I mentioned before, our mental and our energetic health have a direct impact on our physical health and not only on our physical health, but also on our ability to stick to the habits that we want to stick to, to have, to be our best selves and to lead a healthy lifestyle. Um, And then the other part of getting the vibe right is that making sure that you're setting up a, an environment in your home that makes it easy and at your fingertips to eat healthy because if the bag of potato chips is sitting in front of, you know, like the unsalted nuts, like, and it's easier to get to that bag of potato chips, you're going to grab that. Or if like, you know, easy to eat fruits and vegetables are not even in your refrigerator at all, then obviously that's going to make it a lot harder. Um, or just rinsing like your vegetables when, when you get home and, and throwing them in a Tupperware or something like that. Is going to just whatever you can do to make things easier is a great way to get the vibe right. And then, last, get into gear that is creating strategies, um, strategies over tactics. So, tactics being following some diet plan or some um, regimented meal plan that you found on Google. Um, those are great and they have their place, but If you're not able to stick to that regimented plan, then just like, you know, when we eat the donut, we kind of just throw it all out because, like, oh, I wasn't able to stick to it. I am a failure at this. But instead, if we have a strategy that's built around our busy schedule as it is today, then we have a whole arsenal and toolbox of things to pull from where it's like, okay, oh, I'm on the go. Like, I'm, you know, Doing like drop-offs, like or I didn't plan dinner. Like, what do I have in my arsenal, like to pull from, like on the fly?
0: Yeah, no, I love that. So, what I want to ask you, what is like, where do you do your meal prep, like in your times timeline? So, I like I want to hear a little bit of your routine of how you set yourself up to eat healthy.
1: Sure. So, my biggest number one tip that I like to do. Um, And I kind of got this from my mom, not necessarily with the food stuff, but um, one of the things that she'd always say is like, well, when you come home from school or when you come home from work before you even, you know, you know, take off, like, you know, change out of like your clothes or whatever you need to do, like, you know, get something done before you sit down, because then it's like, you're already kind of like in that mode, like, and so just get one thing done. And it just, and then after you do that thing, then you can relax and fully like enjoy. So whenever I do grocery shopping, I'm already kind of in that you know grocery move mood, and I'm you know getting already in that mode. And so I make sure that as soon as I get home from groceries, that's when I'm rinsing off my my produce and then drying it off and then putting it in containers and putting that in there. And so as part of my putting away groceries, I'm also kind of just doing quick prep with them. And sometimes I'll get my seven-year-old involved and in where he'll be sitting at the, or standing up on his stool, like at the sink. And then I'll just kind of, he'll I'll have him rinse off like the strawberries. And then I'll be on the, the side of the counter, like cutting off like the green stems and putting them in, you know, this little container that we have. And then that goes in there. And so just doing it right away is probably my favorite tip for prepping.
0: Wow, I love that. That, that I was just thinking about like, if I rinsed off my celery and my peppers, how much easier would it be to grab them? Those are like my favorite two vegetables to snack on. So I'm like, oh yeah. Cause like I, you know, going through the kitchen, you're like, oh, I've got to like, you know, get the celery and I've got to wash it and I got to cut off the top of it and cut off the bottom. It was dirty and I don't Like, but if it was already, like, the bottom was chopped off, it was washed, like, it'd be so much easier to grab. I love that tip. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we go here, I would love for you to share with, uh, like, the mom who is wanting to get her family moving towards the direction of having a healthier lifestyle. What is one tip you would give her as she was getting started?
1: Well, what I would tell that mom is that she... It's within her, she can do it, that she is not alone. And that really with raising healthy kids, it starts with mom. There are a lot of studies that have shown that, that the number one influencer in what our kids' future eating habits are as an adult, it starts with mom. And so that's, use that as your permission giving to take care of yourself. And so make sure that you are giving yourself the self-care that you deserve and that you're making those mental shifts first. So before you even start out on your journey and just figure out what your vision, what your vision is for your family's wellness and what your vision is for yourself and just start there. And then everything else will be so much easier when you have that, right? And when you're taking care of you.
0: Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So where can people find you and um, connect with you and learn more about what you do?
1: Sure. You can find me. I'm on Instagram. Feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm at basic on purpose, or you can um, check out my, I have a free wellness on autopilot roadmap template, which you can um, get at my website, which is basiconpurpose.com forward slash the mom training. And so you can get access to that free template there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for giving that to our community. That's very kind of you. Well, Tamiko, I have sure learned a lot today about some things I want to implement in my own life. And I'm sure that other moms that are listening right now have you know, being able to pull out something that has inspired them to better their life and eat healthier. So thank you so much for sharing your tips with us today. And ladies, I hope you have a good rest of your day and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the mom training podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled and create and protect what you love. Head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believing in you. I am Diana Ballard and this is the Mom Training Podcast.